Hey everyone, this is Bryce with Jax47. You are listening to Pistons and Prosecco, and today we have Allison Taylor on the mic. Allison Taylor is a wedding planner. She owns WNC Weddings and Events, but she's also a firefighter and lieutenant of her department. So this is a very unique interview, in my opinion, of someone who's doing totally different things, but when you think about it, they're pretty similar. Allison, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really curious about, you know, any crazy wedding stories you might have. I, uh, I could see some interesting situations. So do you have any you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, you know, for, for being a business uh, going on nine years in May, um, I don't have a whole lot of super crazy stories, just some, some of the random things. I've had a head table catch on fire, which was easily put out with, uh, with a glass of water, but I'm definitely a fan of having taper candles uh, covered. And I've had an adult female decide to pull down her, her underwear and urinate in the floor. So, you know, always some, some fun antics when, when you mix alcohol and, uh, and guests together. And then um, on the firefighting side, I've had uh, been en route to a wedding where I'm all dressed up, you know, in my, in my fancy dress, heading to, heading to do wedding duties, and then had an accident on the interstate happen next to me where I had to throw on my firefighter vest and hop out and attend to the accident until the fire department for Asheville arrived to take care of that. And I was wearing sandals and wading through the, the fluids of the vehicle. And a um, few minutes late getting to the, the wedding setup that I was headed to and got to just hose off my sandaled feet and dive into wedding planner mode. So um, definitely an interesting mix there. Well, I love that. I've only been in business for two years, so I'm sure I'll have some more stories under my belt when I've been doing it for nine. <laughs> so Allison, I want to ask you a simple question. Um, it may sound dumb, but what is the difference between a wedding planner and a wedding coordinator? Well, and this is just my opinion on it. Um, I feel like a planner is managing those aspects ahead of time to assure that all the details that, that need to come together for the day of are taken care of, where the coordinator is the person that executes those on the day of. And so for, for myself and my business, we operate as planner coordinators. And I honestly um, don't care to do just coordination on the day of because I don't feel like I can do my job properly if I've not been involved in the planning ahead of time. I've heard that from a few planner slash coordinators is that there, there is no such thing as a day of coordinator. I agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so how, so if, if you do need at least, you know, some time to plan and help with that process, how early on do you want to be involved? Are you a year or two out or are you the 30 to 60 to 90 day? What would be a, a good time to start with someone like you? Well, that's, that's a really good question. A lot of people ask about those packages that some, some other businesses do where you have, you know, a 30 day out or 60 day out day of coordinator. And I prefer to be involved as early in the process as possible. And I'm not a big fan of, of those um, shorter term contracts, just because if you have a question, and it might be easily answered six months out. But if you feel like your contract obligates you to not be able to ask those questions until 30 or 60 mm -hmm. days out, it may be a lot more of a challenge 
to to solve solve any any questions that come up. So I basically the way that I work is all of my packages and prices are completely customized to meet each client's specific needs, and I have a very detailed questionnaire that I go through in order to gather all of those details that I need in order to get a, a proposal out. Yeah, I like that. I I think a lot of people underestimate the amount of planning that goes into a wedding. You know, I think a lot of, essentially, in my opinion, a party is a, or sorry, a party, a wedding is a big party for your friends and family, but it's one that incorporates multiple vendors and uh, a very tight timeline, you know? So essentially it's a party, but it's a very well-planned and executed party, right? It's not just a backyard gathering. Yeah, um, absolutely. There are so many details involved and even, the best laid plans, um, there are always things that are unexpected that pop up on that day of too. So to me, that's where you kind of switch from the planner mode to the coordinator mode. And then um, any of those things that are unexpected that pop up, it's kind of troubleshooting and making executive decisions to solve those things that were unexpected. Definitely. Yeah. So the name of your business is WNC, all, you know, weddings, weddings and, events. and events. And would you say that you spend more time working with local couples, um, couples from all over the Southeast, or are you more of a national, you know, destination wedding planner? Do you fit any of those categories? Um, uh, I, I would say at least 95% of my clients are destination clients, and the mm -hmm. bulk of those are coming from all across the country, and some of them okay. even from across the globe. Wow. Wow. So how did... How do um, how do people find out about you? Do you get a lot of referrals? Um, do you advertise in certain publications? I'm curious how people find local planners when they're searching from all over this country. A lot of our local venues require a planner day of coordinator at a minimum. And I'm fortunate that many of those venues refer to me. So, so being on that, that list of referrals from the venues has been the largest source of my clients. I do also, you know, obviously advertise online and I've done paid memberships with wedding wire and the knot, which of course I put on hold now since, uh, <laughs> since we're in this COVID crisis, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hope to jump back in on that, but, really the, yeah. the vast majority of it has come from referrals from venues primarily and then also vendors and previous clients. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I think the preferred vendor list is uh, highly coveted <laughs> in these parts. Yeah, <laughs> really anywhere in the country just because uh, people are coming from all over and it's so hard to find the right vendors. Um, and I think you know, from all, because if you go on the knot and you click caterer, you'll find probably 60 caterers. So, oh, yeah. you know, having that vetting process, I think is important, which from my own experience also makes it difficult to enter the market. Um, but, you know, it's a big day for someone. So you don't want to just throw random vendors at, at the event. You want to make sure there's that vetting. Yeah. And that's what, you know, for me as a planner, referring to other vendors, I'm very hesitant to refer to somebody that I've not personally worked with because I want to know they're going to show up when they say they're going to, and that they're going to, you know, there's nothing weird in their contracts and that it's all going to run smoothly. So there definitely is a trust that it can be established once you, once you work with somebody and have a good experience. And there, there is variability in the quality of vendors. I, I want everyone to know that because <laughs> I've done weddings where, you know, the, they did a whole pig barbecue and the pig wasn't started until the morning of. 
And, you know, most people know, at least in the South, that you got to start the pig the night before to really get it to be done for dinner at whatever, six o'clock or whatever, you know, whatever time it was at. So, you know, not to say that that vendor wasn't trying hard, but th this, uh, this wedding in particular um, just had, had some hiccups. And I was like, oh, that's why they have wedding coordinators. Because I had never really, you know, I hadn't been married, so I didn't understand the importance of a wedding planner or coordinator. But after that wedding where we had some hiccups and some, you know, interesting ones, I realized, oh, that's, <laughs> there's much value in that role. Yes, absolutely. It's definitely not apples to apples when comparing vendors. And um, that actually just made me think of another, um, another interesting wedding experience. Um, one of those where anything that could go wrong did. Um, and this was actually last year, I believe. And it was um, a caterer that I had not referred to that, that I'd never worked with before that was late, didn't communicate that they were going to be late, um, barely got there. And, and they were actually doing the table settings as well, which is common. Um, and then rain delay or uh, a rain plan had to be instituted, which meant that the ceremony had to move inside to where the tables had not been finished being set. The florist was late. Wi-Fi was down, so the coordinator that I had on site was not able to, um, and I think the Verizon cell tower had gone down too, so she wasn't able to even communicate to try to navigate some of these, and then on top of all of that, there ended up being a propane leak inside that they almost had to evacuate the building for. So, you know, all these things that snowballed, but she's, um, you know, she, she is actually coincidentally a firefighter as well and does a good job staying calm and trying to troubleshoot the challenges. And the bride was very understanding too. And most of it was hidden from the bride, which is a lot of our job is to try to make sure that the brides don't see the chaos that's going on and that when they step out, it's just handled the best it could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you think a ham radio should be instituted as a, a mandatory <laughs> wedding plan? Um, I don't know, solution because that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. You know, like I deal with a lot of stuff because of towing these trucks around the, the mountainous, you know, venues of Western North Carolina, but I hadn't thought about communication. Yeah, communications are just a huge issue yeah. here. I mean, as you probably know, there are a lot of venues even that we deal with that there's no communication available. So there are so many cell dead zones, so making sure people have their directions and yeah. <laughs> have some contingency plans in place. But for that particular one we talked about, I was like, you know, there's a fire station just down the road from that venue. So as a, a backup plan, you could have driven down to the fire station and used their landline phone <laughs> yeah. to try to get in touch with the caterer and figure out what was going on. But the that particular caterer, which I won't refer to, um, <laughs> did not answer their phone anyway. And we mm. really had some challenges there. So it, it yeah. ended up all coming together, but at the very last minute with a whole lot of chaos that, that we yeah. had to hire clients. That's nuts. I, I have AT&T, so I don't have good service here. You're even more challenged. <laughs> exactly. And there was one wedding where I was delivering the truck to the venue. My bartenders were still in route and we needed some part from Asheville to tap the kegs because there was a miscommunication about the kegs. And um, they didn't, they had to like I had to use my phone to get the phone numbers and then use the landline to call. And I was like going between, you know, running a hundred feet this way and the other way just to make all these conversations happen. So I, I can totally sympathize with that. Um, <laughs> something like that going wrong, you know? So, yeah. so you've been doing this for a while now. Did you, how did you start Allison? What was the, was there a spark or did you just kind of snowball <laughs> into it? 
What so it's, um, that's not the shortest story. I'll try to condense it. Um, okay. I, my degree is in environmental studies and right out of college, I worked for a marketing company where I got some event management experience. And then I went on to, um, to co-own and manage an electronics manufacturing business, building custom design circuit boards that went primarily into medical industrial products. Did that for 12 years and got tired of being stuck inside a metal building all day, every day. So after selling the business, I was trying to kind of figure out what course I wanted to take, knowing that I wanted to continue to be an entrepreneur and to have a little bit more flexibility and scheduling and to not be sitting so much. So um, I had um, Fluorescence Flowers, which is based here out of Brevard. Um, Etherly is a friend of mine. And she had suggested, you know, have you ever considered being a wedding planner? Because there are so many wedding clients up in Cashers and Highlands that are using Asheville planners. And those Asheville planners are then referring to Asheville vendors. And we're kind of getting cut out of the mix here in the Brevard area. And so I said, hmm, I've done a little bit of event planning. That, that might be an interesting thing that I might consider. And so I started doing some market research on it and seeing that that really seemed like a niche that, that could be fulfilled. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess the firefighter side might give away that I'm not the, the girliest of girls, but I'm super organized and detailed. And, <laughs> and I really like the active part of the day and, again, the organization of it all. And so I thought, no, I think I can do that. So that's really how I ended up kind of happening into this. I would have never in a million years guessed that I would be a wedding planner and uh, that it would be something that I would enjoy so much. But (laughs) funny how life works. I don't know what path uh, life is going to take you on. Definitely. Did you, so you did take a course in? No, I did not. I did not. So I had, you know, I gained the experience through the marketing company that I'd worked for right out of college. Um, And then it was just kind of a, um, learn as I go. And actually, you know, the first wedding that I ever had somehow happened to be up at the old Edwards Inn in Highlands, which yeah. was an amazing experience and a great team to work with. And, um, again, I think that my ability to both stay calm and because I'm so organized and have so much attention to detail that, um, that, you know, I was able to, to do it successfully. And, um, obviously I've had a lot to learn over the years and <laughs> I've come a long way since then, but, um, but yeah, it's been, been a fun, fun experience. So do you wish you knew anything back then that you know now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a whole lot. Um, You know, I'm not a terribly traditional person. So as far as the traditions were concerned, that was something that I really didn't know much of anything about. Um, and you know, I think like anything in life, we, we should all be lifelong learners. So every year there's something new that I learned that, um, tends to alter my contract (laughs) just because of experiences that pop up. So it's, it's a continual learning experience, but that's something that I'm always asking for feedback from my clients and from the vendors I work with and the venues I work at too, to please provide any constructive feedback so that I can kind of better hone in my process and do all that I can to make sure that I'm growing and learning along the way. So I don't feel like there's any point that I'm going to ever know at all. Um, But there's definitely a whole lot that I wish I would have known back then, but it's been, it's been a building process. I'm a big fan of learning. Obviously Um, I've started, you know, I've started all sorts of businesses um, and it's always fun to learn, but I wish I, you know, sometimes I like wish I knew that little bit before, but at the same time, experiential learning, I think is so important, which is kind of a catch 22 in the industry because you want to have vendors that know what they're doing, <laughs> but it's also hard to know until you actually go through that. 
um, septic tank overflow. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it's, I, I've heard some other wedding pros talk about the importance of mentorship in the industry um, and helping those that are new so that they don't make those mistakes so that they can be part of the community, um, which is, you know, an inter interesting concept. It's kind of that community over competition idea, which uh, is a whole nother topic of conversation. <laughs> um, so what's your biggest challenge as a wedding planner slash coordinator? Um, is it, is it the vendors? Is it the venue, the clients, you know, what? <laughs> what's Wrangling hordes of drunk people at the end of the night. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, that's, yeah, um, that's my job to not, to not let them get too out of control, but. Yes, um, but honestly, that truly is my biggest challenge because um, it's just consistent that the nicest, most respectful people, once they've been hitting an open bar all day long, uh, <laughs> they, uh, it, it tends to be very challenging at the end of the evening to get everybody to, to understand that the party is not continuing and that they do need to line up and that the bride and groom are waiting on them to line up. And that, <laughs> so really that, that is, um, <laughs> that's probably the, the biggest challenge that I have aside from trying to, um, you know, the, on the serious side of things, the, the managing staffing, you know, I've got two ladies that, that help me out and both are, um, mature adults with master's degrees. So I'm not, um, you know, I, I, I like to have people that kind of have similar experience and background to me if I'm going to trust them to be on site day of rather than myself. Um, but you know, nobody's going to care about it on the communication side as much as I do, because I, you know, I respond to emails on Sundays, at, you know, it's just, trying to find that that work-life balance i think is is probably the biggest challenge and to find the help that i trust enough to to enable that and how did you find those two um friends they're both good friends so one is a realtor so she's got flexibility in her schedule um to be able to accommodate weddings and i've been working on training her up on the planning side too which is you know just it's it's twice as much work on the training side of it just with you know, trying to draft emails for her to reply with to see how I want those replies to sound. And then um, the other one does just coordination for me too. And she's the one that I mentioned also is, um, is a firefighter as well, but she's got a master's degree, works in the school system. And so um, she, she tends to work with more challenged uh, kids in the school system. So she, both, both are very, very good at staying calm and, um, and executing things in a way that that would be right in line with what what I would would hope. Well, I think that's the hardest part of growing your business is finding folks to work for you that can represent you both in personality and integrity, uh, mm -hmm. integrity and responsibility. So I, I can feel the pain. I've decided to up my truck, uh, up my fleet to three trucks and obviously I can't run all three trucks at once. So I've had to make that jump to having people show up, you know, in my name essentially mm -hmm. and perform as, as I would. So I'm still working on that. Um, I've, I've had some great people work for me. Unfortunately, one of them just moved. So I'm having to replace <laughs> her. Um, and it's tough because you know, the, it's hard to find good people because you only need them one day out of the week. Right. So you usually need full-time people or who have a nine to five, so you live down in Brevard and serve all of Western North Carolina. What do you love most about 
living here in the in the mountains? Well, hiking every day. That's uh, that's probably my favorite hobby. <laughs> so um, I actually grew up in the Brevard area too, and I technically live in Pisgah Forest, and I can actually access uh, Pisgah Forest trails hiking literally out my back door, cutting through some private property. So to me, that is our greatest asset here is these wonderful forest lands that we have. Well, I think that's another reason why people should get married in Asheville, <laughs> or at yeah. least the area, is because all their friends and family can visit and enjoy what the area has to offer. So uh, I'm personally a big fan of the camp wedding, the summer camp wedding, mm -hmm. because you can everyone can stay on site so they can spend time together and they can enjoy the outdoors, which uh, is you know so beautiful here in spring, summer, and fall. I call those festival wedding weekends. Festival wedding weekend. Yeah, that's great. Did you <laughs> did you know that one of the weddings I worked actually had a Ferris wheel brought in? Oh no, that's fun. <laughs> so it was it was truly like a a county fair, you know, festival type. Um, yeah. Well, but let's you're talk right about our area is such a such a draw for people. And I try to explain to my clients on the RSVP guest list side of things is that the kind of the return rate for our area is higher than the typical average. So people tend to be a little bit surprised by their guest counts coming in higher than they had anticipated just because people are so excited to come to the Asheville Cashers Highlands area. And that's a good point. Yeah, I think a lot of people will say, oh, I'm, I'm inviting 150, but probably only 120 will come and then 140 RSVP. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you make sure you really want them to come if, you, if you're if yeah, on that guest exactly. list. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so do you have any um, advice for couples getting married in the area? Uh, I don't, is there anything, you know, tricky about Asheville or any, you know, really awesome venue you'd like to shout out? Well, we have, we're lucky to have so many great venues and I work um, not only across Western North Carolina, but also upstate South mm -hmm. Carolina. And so there are a lot of diverse choices. So whether you want the more rustic barn wedding or the upscale, you know, more kind of country club um, type feel or vineyards, we've got so, so many wonderful options with lodging on site, like some of the camps um, to those that don't have lodging on site. I think that the biggest thing for people to understand that are coming here is that we are a mountain environment. So to me, driving and roads and alcohol are all a tricky mix for people that are coming into town. So I always recommend transportation. Um, the weather's unpredictable here, so it doesn't matter what time of year, it could be the complete opposite of what you're anticipating weather-wise, so to always have those weather contingency plans in place. Um, communications, like we were already talking about, communications can definitely be a challenge, so making sure that people have directions and know that they're not gonna necessarily have self-service um, when they're going to and from the venues. But the biggest advice that I like to give to clients is to spend um, more time planning their marriage than they do their wedding. From a relationship yes, point exactly. of view. That a lot of people focus so much on the wedding mm. that that's really just one day and they're going to have their whole life ahead of them, hopefully. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it would be nice. Um, I think that people get so wrapped up in the planning of the wedding that they don't take so much time to plan their actual relationship in the long-term marriage. That's a great point. And I think that's a whole nother podcast is talking about like <laughs> premarital counseling do you think that is that what you're kind of uh, well not even necessarily i mean i don't know that it just, even needs to be formal but yeah, yeah. You know, just the 
talk about and to, to really be sure that this person is someone that you truly want to spend the rest of your life with and that you're not just, um, you know, more excited about the idea of the wedding or the idea of marriage and that this is truly someone that you want to share your life with. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I think so too. Because it can be exciting to plan a big wedding for your friends and family. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, I'm not a real traditional person. I was never the girl that sat around and thought about my thought about my wedding, but a lot of people do. And so when they have that opportunity to be able to execute that, sometimes that I feel like can overshadow um, what really is important, which to me is the person that you're going to be spending your life with. Totally. Yeah. I like you brought that up. You don't, you don't hear, um, I feel like a lot of the wedding industry talk is centered around the wedding, right? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's really, a ceremony for two people to start a life together. So, you know, that's, that's really what's happening. Yep. I, um, as a divorcee, I, I think that marriage should be a 10 year contract with an option to renew, but that's just (laughs) my two cents on it. (laughs) That's great. So Allison, (laughs) what is it? look like to work with you? Um, I'm, I'm sure they inquire on your website or on one of the platforms. Um, and then after that, what does it look like uh, for, for the clients on the client yeah, side? So basically, um, what we do is we start with a... Would you like me to start over? <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're good. Me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the way that, that we tend to operate is that we like to start with a phone call. Um, cause typically again, most of our clients are destination clients, so they're not here local to sit down in person, but I have a very detailed questionnaire that I go through to, to gather the, the specific information about that client and what their vision is for the type of assistance they need, because full service to one person may be completely different than full service to another person. So we go through again, some very detailed questions to try so that I can get a better feel of what they're looking for. And I'm always happy to quote with or without different aspects. And I like to tell my clients that they can always tack on later. So we can, you know, not everybody knows exactly what they're going to need early in the process, but we can talk through what those options would look like if they need to tack them on. And then from there, they get a proposal. And if they decide they'd like to proceed with that proposal, then um, then we move into a contract. And once the contract is secured, then they immediately get a whole world of information. So from um, planning timetables, which act as kind of month by month checklist to um, vendor referrals, along with, um, you know, helpful notes on the different vendors, because there are so many different options and everybody's vision is different. Um, and then along with the priorities of which vendors tend to get booked up first that they really need to kind of focus on. So to me, really the first part of that process is, um, the venue first and then the vendors. And I really kind of stay on top of them until I know that all of that has been confirmed. And then we start moving into some of the finer details, but we do regular check-ins and we do some specific check-ins at six months out, two months out, one month out. We help develop very detailed timelines for the day. We share those timelines with all the other vendors in the venue ahead of the wedding to make sure that everybody's on the same page and working off the same timeline. Um, We make sure everybody's aware what hours we'll be on site for and what our role is going to be so that there's no confusion there. And then we do offer unlimited phone and email support for any of the services that we've been contracted for. 
do you normally visit the venues with the couple like after they've booked it or yeah so again with most of our clients being destination they're not typically in town very much and so um that's one of the things that we go over in our questionnaire so we typically include at least one in-person meeting at the venue prior to the wedding some clients know they're going to want more than one and some clients sometimes know that they're not even going to get in one so we try to work with them the best we can depending on what their circumstances are okay so are is there anything in the works for you allison as a with your business do you plan on hiring more folks to um to work more weddings or anything new you're adding on or changing um this year or next um no big new additions um so jennifer is the coordinator that's been with me the longest that i just um through the fall of last year feel comfortable with her being trained up on the planning and communication side where she can essentially manage a client from start to finish and so that's just going to open up more of my availability because i started finding that i was getting limited by the amount of time i was spending on communication so whether i was the person on site or not that's where I was starting to get a little bit backlogged. So to be able to um, outsource some of that means that 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 opens up more availability for WNC weddings overall. I see. Yeah, that's a good point. I've thought about hiring like a virtual assistant just to get (laughs) some things off my plate that I'm not one good at and two don't like doing (laughs) Um, because, you know, I'm good at certain things and I like doing certain things. So I'm trying to focus more on that quadrant rather than the opposite. But again, yeah, it's hard to find someone that I feel like I can trust and represent me and so on. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have a max of weddings you take on for the year? Is there like a figure or do you just kind of balance it depending on the different level of service you're giving to each client that year? So yes, I do. I do balance it. And that kind of depends on the availability of the two other ladies that help me as well. And, and so, so basically, you know, I try to, um, as of last year, I started implementing where I don't do eight weekends in a row myself because last year I was doing that and I was doing also back to back weddings in the same weekend. And my days are typically, you know, 16 hour days. So it's, um, it's extremely physical and, um, so it's physically demanding and emotionally demanding. And I was just starting to realize that, um, I was just getting so exhausted that (laughs) I needed to cut back. So trying to, you know, look at, okay, I've already got, you know, four weekends booked in a row. So I need to kind of set a weekend aside to just have a little bit of downtime for myself. So where I'm not personally working one, but I might have somebody else taking care of it for me. So yeah, there's not, um, there's not any magic number as far as how many I feel comfortable doing or not doing in a year. It just kind of depends on how they're spaced out. Okay. Yeah. I know that some, you know, I've seen some websites where they're like, we only take five weddings a year. I'm like, that doesn't seem like very many, but, um, so how many do you normally do in a year these days? So I feel like my, um, as far as me personally, my comfort level tends to be about 15 to 20 a year. And I've done um, more like 30 a year personally and that um, doing those all myself, that just was, uh, was really pushing it because as you know, we're, we're pretty seasonal here. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you, (laughs) you have them spaced out. Um, But again, adding now somebody else that can manage both the planning and the coordination side of it, I expect for that to, to be able to, to jump. So we'll just see how that works out too, as we get into it. But I would rather underextend than overextend and, Mm -hmm. and see how the year goes and then look at the next year based on that. Definitely. Yeah. So I did 45 events last year, you know, with, with the business 
And it's like, oh, if that were one a week, that'd be fine. But no, yeah. I have, <laughs> there were days, there's one day where I had four different events going on with under Jack's 47. Um, but one of those was a, actually two of those might've been bartender only. So we didn't have a truck. It was a bartender, like just a staffing. So there wasn't a lot of work on my part, but to be honest, the, that client was needed more from me than the ones with the truck because mm -hmm. they were like, Oh, how, you know, how many coolers do we need? How much ice do we need? How much, you know, cause all we were doing was putting <laughs> one person up. Yeah. So we actually cut that, you know, we, we rejected any future and not that people were coming to us as a staffing company cause we're not. Um, but I decided to cut that off simply because it was making me overextend myself, um, during those periods. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the saying under promise over deliver. Yes, exactly. That just makes everyone happy. That makes everyone happier. And it's not that hard. You just have to understand your limitations and your reality. Uh, but it's yes. funny because that's not a very common trait in our society. No. And, you know, I have a 14 year old son too. So realizing that he's only going to be around for a couple more years and that I also want to be able to um, enjoy the time that I have with him as well. So not overextending myself just for, for that reason too. Definitely. So Allison, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on this podcast, Pistons and Prosecco. I'm going to put your website and the show notes so that if anyone would like to work with you, they can click on that link. And I uh, hope we can do a wedding together soon. I'm sure I'll, our paths will cross in the next yeah, year or two. I will be looking forward to it. Thanks, Allison. Yeah, thank you.